And if you have your Bibles today, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're looking at the subject today of how to be happy. You might think that's a little strange for a church to emphasize being happy, but Blaise Pascal, who's a scientist and a philosopher in the 17th century, also he he influenced Jonathan Edwards and uh, some of you know uh, of uh, John Piper. He was very influential in in these people's lives, and, and he makes this statement. He says, all men seek to be happy. Whatever means they may employ in doing so, happiness is their goal. And for it, some go to war, while others avoid war with the same goal in mind, to be happy. Happiness is the motive of every action of men, even those who kill themselves. To be happy, I I, I know it sounds weird to say that someone wants to be, uh, wants to kill themselves in order to be happy, but some people see that as a diminishing of their misery, that that's the only way they can get out of their unhappiness, and so they pursue it through that. Paul doesn't tell us not to be happy. Paul, and and Christianity is not a killer of happiness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he gives us the path. He says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or... um, uh, the original word uh, means that which is wasteful, counter, counterproductive. Um, the actual word is used in Luke fifteen thirteen when the prodigal son went out and it says he wasted his substance, his inheritance, with riotous living. He just wasted it. Well, that's the word used right here for debauchery. Don't get drunk with wine because it's wasteful. You ever heard anybody say, oh, he went out and got wasted? Yep. That's exactly what he did. What did he waste? Time, money, health, uh, mental capacity. Um, That's the idea here. He says, but what is he trying to do? He's pursuing happiness. But don't get drunk with wine. That's getting wasted. That's wastefulness. You're, you're spending your substance in riotous living. He says, but here's the alternative. And I love Paul's replacement theology. He doesn't just tell you don't do this, but he says this is better. Verse 18 again, don't get drunk with wine for that is waste, but be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, talking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. 
Always giving thanks, verse 20, for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting or realigning properly in relationships out of reverence for Christ. We, I just want to begin by talking about this pursuit of happiness, and I do think that we are on target when we see that God, God does not mind us being happy and calls us to it. But the disappointment of wine and earthly pleasures is contrasted here with the satisfaction of God's Spirit. There's the two paths, the contrasting. To pursue one's happiness in the flesh, especially in the overindulgence of earthly pleasures, is to always end up disappointed. It's going to happen. You'll be disappointed and diminished. I heard about these, this couple, They're both of them 60 years old, and they um, were celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary. Awesome. And an angel came to them and said, all of heaven celebrates your 30 years of marriage, and I am authorized to give you whatever you wish, each of you. He turns to the woman and the angel says, what do you want for your 30th anniversary? Anything you wish. She said, you know, really, I would love a trip to the Caribbean. And the angel waved his hand and poof, two tickets to the Caribbean. Turns to the man and he said, what would you like? And he said, anything? And the angel says, yes, anything you want. And he said, I would really have always wanted a woman to be my wife who's 30 years younger than me. (laughs) And the angel said, okay. And poof, he's suddenly 90 years old. (laughs) Did y'all get that back there? I wasn't, I wasn't seeing any response back there. You're, you're going to be disappointed in life. I mean, it, your initial excitement is awesome, but once you take it, it will turn to bitterness in your soul. The message here is not stop being happy, but be truly happy. Be inwardly happy. Live life from the inside out, not the outside in. One direction dissipates and disappoints. The other satisfies deeply and fills us up. So that God's calling is for greater pleasures, more lasting treasures, deeper joys. Psalm 1611 puts it like this. He says, Lord, in your presence there is fullness of joy 
and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Permanent pleasures. Permanent. At, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand is pleasure forevermore. This doesn't pass in the morning. You don't wake up with a headache and the absence of the pleasure. This is pleasures forevermore at his right hand. Permanent. So the apostle here is laying this out for us. Don't get drunk with wine. That's wastefulness, loss, counterproductive. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, I, and I want to just take the rest of my time and show you in this passage five things about inward true happiness from God. Number one, that the apostle would put for us here, true happiness is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Notice verse 18, don't get drunk with wine, for that is waste, but be filled with the Spirit. True happiness is found in the Holy Spirit's indwelling and infilling. Now, when you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, We have all drank of the Spirit like a drink of water. When you become a Christian, Christ comes into your heart by His Holy Spirit, and He call, it's, it's, compares it to drinking a glass of water. But there's, one, there's a difference between being, having him indwell and having him infill you. Paul says happiness comes from the infilling, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. The message translates 1 Corinthians 12, 13 like this. We have been refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we have all come to drink. He's like this big fountain and we want to come to him. So the first thing is true happiness comes from the indwelling and infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. No Christian will ever be happy that does not make much of the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Follow his promptings. Understand his leading. Be filled with his presence. But a, a second thing we would say is true happiness is a worship that ends in God himself. God is the termination point. He's the goal. Do you notice this when he says be filled with the Spirit? Then he says in verse 19, speaking to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. When I first looked at this, I thought, are we addressing, are we talking to each other, or are we talking to the Lord? But, uh, but here's the way I, I, I understand this, verse 19. You're, you're, you're singing to God. This is coming out to God, and it's in the presence of others. You don't mind them overhearing it. You're praising God. There's a song in your heart to the Lord. And other people who are around you are aware of it. 
Look at the next verse, verse 20. Giving thanks always for everything to God. Notice how everything moves in the direction of the Father. Comes from the Holy Spirit and goes back to God the Father. The Spirit moves us toward God and God Himself is the goal and direction of it. If I say to my wife, Honey, I delight in you. You are my joy. And she says, well, that's so nice. Thank you. And then I say, okay, could you now fix me a breakfast of pancakes? You would think that's a bit manipulative. And she might suspect that. And she'd probably be correct. I'm, I'm delighting in her in order to get to something else, which is my true delight. So a lot of people come to God... Because they want not to delight in God because they don't see Him as the valuable delight and and object of their affections. But they are looking to get to God so that God may give them something that they really wanted to get to in the first place. And God knows that. And what Paul is saying here is be, when you are sp- filled with the Holy Spirit, God himself will be the termination point of your delight. Thank you, God. I praise you, God. I'm making melody to you, O oh God. You are the goal of my worship and my motive. I'm not trying to use God to get something else. Because I have found in God... He is my true delight. Now, some have said that, why is God like that? Isn't God egotistical? In fact, I was in, a, in Starbucks a couple of weeks ago, and a guy said to me, um, uh, questioning why people praise God and worship God, the question was, then doesn't that make God self-centered? I said, why, why do we worship? Why does he call us to worship? I said, it's for the same reason that if you have a child who's staring into a mud puddle, when right behind him he can turn and look at the Grand Canyon. Which one do you want? It is for his good. Look at grandeur. Do you want to be inspired? Turn toward the panoramic view that is over here. That is why God calls us to himself. Is it because he's egotistical? No, it's because he's good and he's true. And he wants us to stop staring and focusing and delighting in the mud puddles when we can look and stare and view and delight in that which is infinitely satisfying. It is for our good. His call to worship is an expression of his love to us. So when he says here, as you sing and as you bring forth your hymns, as you make melody to the Lord, verse 19, that's your objective. And verse 20, giving thanks always to God. There's your termination point. 
delighting in him. Psalm 42, 1, my heart pants after thee, O God, as a deer thirsts for the water brook. We need to delight in him like a deer needs water when it's running from the wolves. Here's a third point that I draw from this passage, and it's this. And that is that it is going to be characterized, this, this happiness he calls us to is characterized by thanksgiving, constant thanksgiving and praise. Look at verse 19 again. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks, verse 20, always for everything to God. You know people don't enjoy being around a constant complainer. So when we come to God and true happiness is constant thanksgiving because a miserable person is a constant complainer. And we go down our list. We get up in the morning. God, I thank you for health to get out of bed. We go in and we greet our wives. I thank you for this wife or this husband. I thank you. Maybe you go in and you and the, and the baby looks up and smiles. I thank you for my child or my children. And we go out into the workplace and I thank you for this job that pays me so that I can provide with dignity for my family. And we come home in the evening and, and, there, and our wife or our husband, we can come together. I thank you for my companion in covenant for life. And we lay down in a soft bed. I thank you for the covering that is over my head, the home that you've provided, the groceries that are on the table. And every moment of the day, praise, thanksgiving characterizes you. And on Sunday morning, God, I thank you for my church. I thank you that when I get there, we're going to open up the Word of God and we're going to look at the Word of God. I thank you for the Bible. And I thank you for the people that I will meet there who also are seeking you. And you can go on and on and on in praise and thanksgiving. And one of the things that, that the Bible teaches us is that there's a level at which you move beyond what God has done for you, which is thanksgiving, thank you for this and this and this and this, to praise Praise is when you just worship God because God is worthy of worship. His attributes are enough to delight your soul. He is praiseworthy because He's holy, because He's good, because He's kind, because He's merciful, because He's righteous, because He's glorious, because He's eternal, because He's infinite, because He's immutable and never changes. And you can praise him for who he is. Listen to Psalm 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. He made us, so we're his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. 
So enter his gates with thanksgiving. And notice how you enter, you begin you by going through the gates with thanksgiving and then on into his courts with praise. So there's a, that level of worship that we can get to. And he gives this to us here. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father. Let me give you a fourth one. Is that this life of happiness is not confined to a Sunday morning service. The life of Christian happiness is not simply a church service or a Sunday morning life. In fact... In the original Greek text, these verbs here, starting in verse 18, are what they call continual tenses. It would read literally like this, be continually filled. And verse 19, continually speaking to each other, continually singing in your hearts. Continually, verse 20, giving thanks. Continually, verse 21, submitting to each other. Realigning our life with each other. Continually, all of those are participles, I-N-G words. Continually going on. In other words, it's not just one event, not just a Sunday, but it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It is the joy of the Lord produced by the Spirit flowing out of us unto God, characterized by thanksgiving every day of the week. What would you think, and this actually happened, uh, read recently, uh, some of you know Matt Redman, who is worship leader from England. He's written songs like, um, You Never Let Go, Let everything that has breath better is one day. He wrote a song called I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship. And they they realized that one day as they were worshiping at their church and a lot of people were coming to hear the praise band. And they would go somewhere else and all all that group would, they, they were developing groupies in praise music. And so they, they, thought, they said, are we really praising God or are we just enjoying the praise? And the pastor and Matt Redman and a couple of the staff members got together and one Sunday morning removed all the band instruments, the guitar, the piano, the electric guitar, the sound system, so that all they had was a microphone. Could you praise God without a guitar? (laughs) Do you see any band instruments in here? See, God is worthy of praise And our voices and our hands and our day after day on a regular basis is the worship service. And that's what he calls us to. Now, I'm not asking Dave to take out our guitars 
because I don't see Dave as having the groupies here this morning, so we're, we're, we're good, Dave. We're safe. But can you imagine? And so he wrote the song, if I'm not mistaken, and some of you guys may correct me afterwards, but if I'm not mistaken, he wrote the song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you, Jesus. <laughs> Fifth, happiness has a humble spirit in working with others. That's the meaning. This, is the, this verse, verse 21, fits right with these other verses. It's also the participle. It's also the continual tense. So that the spirit-inspired life that sings to the Lord is a thankful, has a thankful heart, continually is going... Also, verse 21, is able to align or realign with the authority figures in its life. That's what that means, submitting to one another. The word submit here is a Greek word which literally means to align yourself with authority that God's put over you. It doesn't mean that it's an unconditional surrender to somebody who's leading you astray or abusing you at home. That's not the idea here in verse 21. But it means that you know how to relate to your boss. You don't live with a chip on your shoulder or an attitude. The Holy Spirit-inspired life by which you are thankful to God for all things means that you're also thankful for the people who have surrounded you and they may not even be Christians. It means that you know how to... The Holy Spirit is the key to a teenager aligning himself with the authority of the parent. Children need the Holy Spirit to be happy. And parents need the Holy Spirit to be happy at work. The, the word here, the Holy Spirit-inspired, thankful, daily, worshiping life that is happy in God has a socializing impact on your personality. It changes you. See, here, here's the thing you have to remember. If I am welcomed and embraced by the Father, and I know it, and I'm so happy in Him, and I am welcomed and embraced, I don't get offended so easy. I'm not dependent for happiness on someone's approval of me. I'm not a man pleaser. I'm not a people pleaser. I don't need your recommendation and approval to be happy. Some people need others' approval in order to be happy. The spirit-filled Christian does not need others' approval because they know they have heaven's approval. What a difference. What a change. And I read recently or heard uh, a pastor who did a study of the suicides in the Bible and in history and he said there's one characteristic of all suicides that emerge. Uh, you know the, the guy recently in California, the ex-policeman who shot some people and then went out 
burn, in, uh, in a blaze of glory and the house was burned down around him. Dornan, I think was his last name. He was a suicide. And he said, from all the suicides right up to that one, he said, here is the emerging characteristic. They cannot properly relate to authority. They have an attitude toward authority. And he said, that is the number one characteristic that ultimately, he said, leads to the suicides. You learn to stay in your lane because that's assigned by God and you learn to be happy in it because God's presence makes you happy in it. Now you'll find, and we'll do this in coming weeks, but in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 22 to 33, is wives and husbands learning their roles. The Spirit-filled life as it relates to husbands and wives. And then in chapter 6, in verses 1 to 4, it's parents and children. It's a relationship as they learn how to connect and relate to each other. And then in chapter 6, verse 5 through 9, it's masters and servants. In, in the first century, they had a lot of slaves and how does Christian servants and slaves, we would maybe refer to it today as you relate to your employer, employee and employer. But any connection and role of authority, it's all going to flow out of the spirit-filled life. And we'll be looking at that in coming weeks. But God calls us to a happiness that is inspired by the spirit concludes with God himself as our goal, is characterized by thanksgiving and praise, is not confined to a single Sunday service, and has a humble attitude in working with others. This is the happiness to which he calls us and to which I pray you will have today. All right, we're going to close with a final song and... While they're coming, let me pray that God will just grant His Holy Spirit to fill our hearts this morning. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would not only indwell, but infill us, and that we would live from the inside out. Grant happiness and holiness to Your people this day in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen.